If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And welcome back to the Explominate podcast. I'm your host, Battle Mode, and this week we've got Drexy. Hey, Ben. How's it going? I'm not bad, Drexy. Uh, today we've got a very special guest. You've heard from him before, but this, we're going to interview him today. It's Richard York. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back. It's nice to be back. It's been a while. I, f- I think we was uh, on a couple of years ago with uh, with Daz, I think, wasn't we? Yes. It wasn't that long ago. Wow, man. Wasn't it? Yeah, it's great to be back. You know, big news, you know, from a lot of great games coming out recently and coming up, uh, which has kept me massively busy. I had, well, you can imagine, really, uh, Rob. It's Ben. But... Oh, Ben. God, why'd I call you really Rob? Is it Ben? Sorry. Yeah. It's because my name is Rob yeah. on the uh, Zencaster recording. <laughs> That's right. Sorry about that. But yeah, as you know, it's, it's quite big. And you know, me being a massive Sliver and fanboy, you know, the amount of. Uh, big games and you know kind of my games i play you know it's just uh uh just been games after games after games after games and i just can't keep up <laughs> so what have you been playing then recently rich oh actually really recently uh and i'll, I'll of course kudos to the people at sliver and paolo uh for getting me uh, a release copy of starship troopers terran command uh, rising hell uh from the aristocats i think it is please quote me if i'm wrong um you know, from the original game of uh, Starship. We all love the film. And I think it was like 25 years old the other day, actually, quite recently. Yeah, um, and I don't know if you, uh, Ben or you, Drexy, have had experience of the uh, Starship's game. It is a, it is a, a really, really good. And I've got, I've got, of course, pay kudos to Marco, um, if whoever listens to this or whoever's listened to this. Uh, you said about accessibility. And I, I'm thinking about this, you want to have a little bit of a chat and, 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 I, and I talk about games and just war games. And it rang such a resonance in my mind the word accessibility uh for for people playing war games and how easy or hard it is for somebody to pick a game up and it, and he described it how how it's easy to access everybody can access this game quite easily not that it's a massively easy game uh, but it, it it can be accessed by intermediates or beginners and it's got such a nice broad range of people can access it and it, it i don't know why that, that rang so uh, i don't know if you, you have an experience of that at all but it rang so much resonance in my head about it just like oh yeah that, i can believe that in that game and it, it's it, and actually the last couple of days since i think it was actually yesterday when he when they did the uh, uh tea time it, it rang such a big thing in my mind i mean we think about a lot of the war games we play nowadays um you know how easy is it to play is it does it attract more people is it blocking people from playing these games and oh sorry i am a little bit uh going off topic that's fine direct, so you're, you're talking no, it's funny you say that because I keep buying these uh, war games and I really want to play them because I'm really bored of 4X at the moment. And I, I do struggle to get into them. Like uh, yesterday, I was actually looking at the uh, new Strategic Command World War One DLC because it looks like it may be some of the scenarios at least, maybe a lot of smaller scale. I think the problem is it's really hard for someone coming from a 4X game when you have to sort of think about more more than one or two fronts at a time. <laughs> I think that's when I start to struggle. Like, I really like Strategic Command World War One when I'm fighting on the sort of uh, Western front. But when I start have to thinking about the Eastern front, at, like, say, for example, if you're playing Germany, and then Dan in the South versus, is it Serbia you're fighting? And yeah. then the, also the, the, the naval part of it as well. That's when I, that's, that's when I get a bit stuck with that game. <laughs> War games are completely different to Forex. And it took me, a, I had to play them like for a while to get my head around this as well. They're completely different. For a start, they're a set scenario. And usually, if it's a well designed war game, each turn is almost like a game in itself because there's, you know, you've, you've got your kind of objective to work towards. But within each turn, you'll have your own objectives as well. So, for example, I'm playing this game. Uh, it's a John Tiller modern campaigns game called uh, Full to Gap 85. I'm playing it multiplayer. And every single turn, like each turn takes about two hours for me to record because it's just a big 
like a big bloody map and it's one of those things directly where you're saying like you know you you've got multiple fronts to kind of take care of and you know you might have 200 units to move and it can be completely overwhelming if you are not used to that you don't really get that in 4x until the end of the game and most people you know this is where we get people complaining oh no i don't like 4x at the end because there's too many units to move it's like well don't play war games then man (laughs) because you're not going to get your head around it (laughs) right but how do you keep track of like in your turn (laughs) everything you need to sort of uh move like sometimes i totally forget about whole front and uh, in my turn i'm like damn it (laughs) it's 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 a hard one i think it's normally most of these games do have a next unit button and it, it, I've got to say, I think I think it's it's that we we get a bit scared of it because they're the large, and it's and I, and I agree with what you said. And I will just quote the new DLC for it. it's turmoil. Uh, uh, ter- what was it? Empires in turmoil for the new DLC for yeah, that's yes, it. empires in turmoil. And I will say again, I have played this already, uh, and it is worth playing it. If you always, and it's a, it's a big thing when you look at even distant worlds too. It's a huge game, but to start small. And then work your way up, but and it is I I agree very mind boggling when you get to that grand strategy. So you're like, oh my word, there's a million units. But like I said, it's it's just taking your time, and and of course starting small. And uh, sorry, but anyone in chat, one I'll just say just one more thing about Starship Troopers. Um, please check it out, folks, and and of course Drexy and Ben do check check it out. And like I said, uh, the resonates of accessibility to a game, how hard it is. I really, I really enjoyed it. And this DLC, like, it doesn't matter if you're rubbish at it. It's just, it's just fun. And that, and it's, it's sometimes it's you, you lose that. I want to have find a game fun, otherwise I just want to play a game. But I actually found it very fun to play with, and it kept me entertained because it doesn't matter if you mess up and get people murdered. It was just really entertaining to play. So is this the RTS kind of war game hybrid thing from Slytherine? Because I remember watching Daz playing it, and I thought to myself, this looks kind of cool, but it doesn't really look like my kind of thing. But I'm like, pretty much everything that Slytherine release, and Matrix as well, is going to be a decent game. You know, it's at least usually got a good concept because they don't pick crap games. (laughs) So I knew that there'd be something good to it, but I I mean, I'm not a big RTS person. Actually, it's funny because Richard and I played Dawn of War, the original, recently together, and (laughs) we we lost, didn't we, Rich? Horribly, horribly. We we lost horribly because, you know, we were both of us really out of practice. (laughs) We're like like mid-30s men. Oh, it's going too fast. Slow down. (laughs) Slow down. I need like two days to find this out but it's it's not what you expect and i think that's what it is there's no base building it's all about you know following a narrative following a little bit of a story but you can attack i find you can attack different places at different points but of course there is the story of the missions as you go and i gotta say like very recently this is what's you know i've been i've been asked to play some of it and i i really quite thoroughly enjoyed it and it's like i said it's, it's hard just to say that sometimes i have really enjoyed that like you know, when we're playing, we're playing so many games at one time. Do you do you enjoy that game? Are you enjoying it? What you're doing? Or, but I got to say, the new DLC, it's just it's just harsh for all the people listening and playing it. Just bugs, flying bugs, and fire are just nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played this one, Drax? Uh, no, I think I'm a bit like you. I sort of saw it. I thought it looks interesting, but yeah, it's RTS. So there's <laughs> a, a genre I, I tend to avoid nowadays. Yeah, because you know, old man. It look it kind of Richard. What Richard's saying is, it's kind of not really like a classic, you know, like a Westwood style RTS where you're base building and sending your units out. It's more like, I guess, it's more like something like Myth: The Fallen Lords. I don't know if you remember that, where you start with a, you know, you have a certain amount of units, and then that's kind of all you get. I think that's how it works, isn't it, Richard? You have a certain like have a number of squads, and you got to, they've got to survive till the end of the mission. Well, there is reinforcements. It's a little bit forgiving, but it, it's still it, it's still quite harsh because you can die quite quickly if you don't pay attention. But like I said, maybe that's just a generational thing with RTS and uh, you know grand strategy turn based. Because like you said, like you, I probably gravitate towards turn based because I, I, that's my kind of style, kind of thing. You know, like Field of Glory, that's turn based, or Empires turn based and you kind of stick with that and so i like of course the shoot command stuff you you try you sometimes just stick to it and then when you do change to uh rts so and i will big up the stronghold team for re- doing the d- uh, definitive edition of uh stronghold recently uh, yeah of course which is uh f- and i do deviate from this conversation though which is fantastic but i tell you now i felt they got so much i don't know if you guys are aware of the stronghold fran- uh, franchise and the I played the original, yeah. there's not a skirmish mode 
mode. They've re-released the original definitive edition without a skirmish mode, like where you can drop yourself in with all the enemy computers. All the essence is there of the original, but better graphics and more missions. But right. they've, they've missed out the uh, the cut. They've they had they. It's probably got astounding great reviews on Steam already, but they could have just got so much more fan base by just dropping uh, and and, and I don't know how difficult it would to be code in a skirmish mode into the, into the original game, but it would have been a lot better in my opinion. But that that's still not saying it is a great game, and they've only just excelled on that great game. That sounds quality, man. Like I don't usually play. But one of the th- like I picked up Stronghold Crusaders, I think, probably a couple of years ago. And I installed it, and and yeah, there is no. I don't think that there's the uh, uh, skirmish mode. I think it's a campaign, and I'm not a big fan of campaigns in 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 games anymore. Generally speaking, like I don't mind them if they're really good, but for the most part, I just don't. I think it's a 4x thing. I played a few in 4x games, and they all sucked. <laughs> the only one I ever liked was the one in, in Galsiv Three or Galsiv Two. I think it was Galsiv Three. I thought the uh, the campaigns were all right in that, and one of the Age of Wonders one wasn't bad. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I just kind of avoid them. We've kind of jumped the gun a little bit. I want to, because this is the first time, it's not the first time I spoke to you, Rich, but uh, could you just introduce who you are and what it is that you do? Because you're a YouTuber, right? And I think, it, you know, it's good for us to start from the beginning. Like, who are you? How did you get into gaming? And, you know, what got you into YouTube? Uh, I think, well, that's a good question. Well, you know, you know well, I'll explain who I am. You know, I, I just, an RTS RZA. I want to call it an instigator, somebody who likes to be a little bit annoying sometimes, especially on our Empires game, of course. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'd say, I don't know how you'd say it. I'd say definitely an influencer, but showing, I think I'd like to think I'm an influencer of somebody who wants to show how to enjoy playing war games. And it doesn't matter if you get, if you get an astounding victory. It doesn't matter if you get an astounding loss. But the fact is, I still enjoy all of them and that, it doesn't matter if I win or lose. Just to show that everybody you can have you can have a great laugh, enjoy the game. You can, sometimes, of course, I play a bit competitively. Uh, but like I said, but like I said, RTS YouTuber, influencer, or whatever you want to say. But like, and of course, probably, and I, I probably said it several times. Like Slivering are my most like. But I think probably being a tabletop war gamer since I was probably about 15 probably brought me into kind of playing war games online. And, you know, and you know the, the, how much time war gaming on the tabletop takes, you know, and add that to then on the com- on the computer. And then, of course, you know, I love ancient war gaming. And then that kind of dropped me into wanting to play like Field of Glory. And, you know, uh, there's there's uh, tin soldiers that's that, that's an old game on the slivering um uh, catalog if any of you guys have uh, you know looked at that uh, and i do deviate a little bit from the from the introduction uh, that is a game where it's uh, actually physical miniatures are photographed and put into a game tin soldiers go google it folks and i hope yeah i think i've heard of that one actually i don't think i've played it but i think i've heard of it i've heard, I've heard that it was a miniature based game yeah, but there we are. That's what it is, and you know, I cook, uh, and I do a lot of uh, uh, part of the uh, streaming team on the Slivering, um, uh, the Slivering Twitch, which is a fantastic community. You know, there's lots of us on there. Daz is on there, and of course, it's just fantastic to be, you know, all part of that. And uh, you know, just um, what else? What else? How would I describe it? But yeah, just a a game enthusiast and enjoy war games of you know re- if it's real time or if it's uh, you know turn based. So you might be able to tell, but I mean, my, my accent's kind of a little, it's kind of changed since I was a kid, since I've been doing stuff like university and working and shit. But Richard and I are from very, very close in the uh, in the East Midlands. So I'm from Derby and he's from Nottingham. And you can probably tell because our accents are kind of similar. Like Richard, Richard's is, you know, he's, we, what we, in people in Derby, we call them darksiders. <laughs> so anybody in Nottingham is a darksider. And in Nottingham, everyone calls the people from Derby darksiders as well. So Rich, uh, Rich is from Darkside. And we both grew up very, very close to Games Workshop headquarters because GW headquarters has been in Nottingham for, well, since the late 80s, I think. I think they, they, they started up with Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston, I think, um, in the late 70s or early 80s. And they were a London-based company, and then they were kind of importing Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Basically, they were kind of an importer of games from America, and then they started doing their own stuff, and they founded Citadel Miniatures, and they moved up to Nottingham. And so Richard and I have got in common that we both like Warhammer, and because everybody around our kind of age will was was into Warhammer. Basically, if you were a kid growing up in the eighties, nineties, early two thousands, 
you are probably going to have come across Warhammer at some point because it's massive in the East Midlands. Like every, like all the nerdy kids played it anyway. And uh, so, yeah, Richard, t- tell us a little bit about that. Like, did you, are you still playing Warhammer? Was that, have I got you right in classifying you in that kind of group of people? Oh, massively, um, massively. Just a mass. I'm the worst stereotype ever. I, I, I love computer games. <laughs> I love Warhammer. Like, I still play Warhammer 8th edition, uh, which is the edition before Age of uh, Sigmar right now. Uh, and, you know, like I said, it's just, but I've now gone full i've got i've kind of gone into what i didn't think i was going to so i'm a used to be a warhammer kind of geek and now i'm a you know historical war gamer and this is the interesting thing about it i always thought oh i'd never be playing second world war or carthage or rome or greek macedonians on the battlefield and here i am today tomorrow i'm, I'm actually tomorrow on saturday i'm going to well wherever you listen to this on tomorrow real time i'm going to a uh, warhammer ancient battle event where i'm playing some minor greek state uh, states games so yeah i'm just fully into that you know i love warhammer love tabletop gaming and the worst thing about it, i'm into science as well makes it worse and like ben was saying uh, we, we've actually met in real life up, up in the north Umbria, which was quite nice uh <laughs> and we uh like i said just i've gone kind of full circle with the warhammer stuff now where i'm just so deep in it there's no escaping anymore uh, <laughs> I, I like to call my wife a warhammer widow <laughs> you see Drexy, i wanted Drexy to come in on this interview because i knew that Drexy has been trying to get into war games for a while and kind of you know dipping his toes in and then bouncing off a little bit and richard is an example of what happens if you play war games too much <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> it's there was a sorry i was in trouble there's a tiktok trend uh quite recently when does your other half think of the roman empire and if nick if my wife ever told me that i say i think about the roman empire every single day <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you play field of glory every day that's why like this is not just something that your mind kind of wanders over to it's literally because you're probably in multiple games but yeah like um you know, i thought it'd be interesting to get directly in on this because I kind of segued in we started talking about this at the start of the game but at the start of the interview sorry but uh i kind of i was exactly the same as you i was never bothered about history at all really well that's not true actually when i was a kid i was talking about this on the field of glory game that we're playing on online but i um i grew up in derby and derby literally where i live just across the wall from where you know my, my parents house is a park and on that that park was the site of a roman fort called little chester it's really ancient it's like one of the oldest things in the region there's it's like one it's one of the you know oldest kind of artifacts i guess that is in you know and around it it way predates anything else around there and there are some you know there are some places you can visit like there's a well um in 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 uh, chester at chester green and you know there's uh, if you walk around with a metal detector i don't think you're really supposed to but you will still find coins and things there's just so much stuff there. They're always digging up pottery and things. So apart from that, though, I was not interested in history at all. And it wasn't until I started playing games like war games that I really started getting an in, uh, you know a real interest in it. So I started playing prop. I started playing proper war games, like for example, things like uh, the John Tiller stuff and War in the East. You know the Gary Grigsby's games. Uh, after I was watching Sharp because I've got a bit of a thing for Sean Bean. <laughs> I really like Sean Bean. And uh, so I was watching Sharp, which to me is just like one of the funniest things on TV, just because of Sean Bean's Sheffield accent. And uh, it's just such a great series. But then I started researching the Napoleonic War and I got really into it. And I bought a few war games because I was like, okay, I'll, what, you know, what, what is it about the Napoleonics that was, you know, so fascinating? What is it about that era? And I actually started, I, I, I was reading up on the sort of tactics and then I started re- researching about Napoleon and, uh, you know, and uh, Wellington. And then about you know i was looking at the peninsula war because that's when sharp is set and after a bit i wasn't even playing the games anymore i was just spending time just watching videos and read like reading books i bought a few books on you know on the tactics of the era and before you know it you've just completely got swallowed up so that was one of the things that i recommended to drexy it was like if you want to play war games pick a, a a period that you're kind of interested in and then do a little bit of reading on it and just see if it if it grabs you because if it does grab you then the you know the battles mean so much more because you'll you'll be able to see the tactics and the strategies that the real generals were using and then see if you can kind of out you know kind of do better and i think that's part of the of the lore of uh, of historical war games is that you're actually learning stuff with them too oh i, I would agree that sorry, i've just dropped him from directly there but i just agree if you if when you start playing i gotta say there's been a lot of games that honestly some of the wars i've not been particularly interested in like the falklands i once you start playing something 
you just get like, oh, that that's quite interesting. I need to uh, I need to learn something more about it. I need to you know up my knowledge. And I think especially with Field of Glory, I was going to say when the last DLC came out, bringing it right the way back to like BC, massively BC two thousand five hundred. Uh, I started. Oh, these biblical nations are quite interesting. Where, where do they come from? What's their relevance in history? And I got to say, I do agree with you, Ben. A lot of them points. Yeah, I am actually interested in that period, and I have been watching quite a lot of. Uh, there's quite a lot of good YouTube videos uh, from that period. So yeah, I actually really love Field of Glory. Probably one of my favourite war games because it's it's just so easy to jump in and play. It's not it's not as stressful as a, a whole map. You know, you just you're just playing a, a historical battle, and it's also the um, what if sort of a scenario of it where. You're getting armies that may have been 300 years apart, but you're putting them up against each other. So I really do enjoy uh, Field of Glory as well. Yeah, Field of Glory 2 is an amazing game. It's one of those games that you can just pick up and play, and you can play it in one sitting, and it's just fun from start to finish. And even if you lose, it's always like tense. Like the, And another thing about Field of Glory is that I think Richard Richard's an expert at it, right? And he plays tournaments and stuff. But at least for me, I find it quite difficult, even against the AI, I'll find that it's it's never over until right at the end, and you can think you're winning or you can think you're losing, but you but you know like one of your flanks might suddenly fold just because of good or bad luck. You know you might you might actually make a breakthrough somewhere, and you you thought that you were like doing absolutely terribly, but then their whole flank runs away, and then you've got a chance. And I, there's very few like games that I play, particularly tactics games, where you. You know, when you start knowing that you're going to win, you kind of know that you're going to win. That's the, that's what I don't like about a lot of tactics games. Whereas Field of Glory, yeah, you've got to play it right through to the end because you never know who's going to win. I'll call myself a keen amateur. Probably everybody who listens to me in my videos, I always say I'm a keen amateur. I really am a keen amateur on that game. There are people, and I will say, uh, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say this uh, to uh, uh, probably a couple of the, the people who are amazing on Field of Glory, like, like Snuggle Bunnies. I tell you now, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm like, I don't know how I describe it. I'm like above par. I wouldn't say I'm a uh, thing, but I played Richard Brody as well, the guy who develops it, and he's just is immense. Like he just sits there and. Like I, I'm quite casual with it. I'm, I, I analyze the battlefield. Um, I, you go with your gut, and you think that would be a good decision. But also, I do like to chuck a little bit of uh, unorthodox gameplay in there. And and I probably will just relance back to the Field of Glory Empires game we're playing, uh, Ben, where I took the toe of Italy off you. <laughs> I did that. I did that to riz you, to be honest with you. <laughs> Okay, so like just so people know what's going on, Richard and myself and our friend Simon are playing a three-player game of uh, Field of Glory Empires, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it was probably about turn ten or fifteen. Richard just popped up on my uh, on like he's playing Macedonia, so he's kind of starting around you know in the northern Greek area, in northern Greece, and I'm in Rome. So and he appeared at the bottom of the Italian boot, and I was like, what the fuck's Richard doing here? Like at this early in the game, there's no way that he can invade Italy. Uh, you know, right, the, you know, right at the start of the game, and I just, I kind of kicked him off, but I think he just did it just to wind me up, basically. <laughs> I, I did. Was, I was expecting, like, you know, oh wow, he sent this rather smallish army, and he's going to be facing Roman legions, which are going to wreck him. And I was like, he must be like about to attack me somewhere else. Is this kind of, you know, some crazy clever plays? He got like, you know, kind of Macedonian frogmen like l- lurking under the under the waves of the water in northern Italy, you know, ready to jump out. But no, no, he had nothing like that. He was just trying to wind me up. <laughs> It was. It's what I love about Field of Glory. They, uh, they, uh, they did a the. It's the regional decisions, and there's one called implement trade settlement or something like that, where you pay a bit of gold and like an empty province, it will let you capture it. Oh, and I thought, yeah. and I sat there going, who, who can I, who can I raise? Can I raise Simon or is it going to be Ben? And I thought, oh, there's one on the toe of Italy. I can raise them both at one time. <laughs> Uh, is that was, what it was? It was so funny. Yeah, I wish I sent an army out there. I too, I've just got, I've, I got all these bloody rabbles to these Dacians, these bloody, these 
Celtic folk with bloody long hairs, no t-shirts on, just <laughs> harassing me. And I got, and I had a bloody Epirus started on me, so I had to go and sit on them. And then I had bloody the Byzantine starting on me. I'm just sat there going, all right, I just want to conquer some land. Well, just leave pick, me alone. You did pick the most powerful nation in the game. Well, one of the most powerful nations in the game. So what do you expect? <laughs> like you've, got, you've got to have some pushback from people around you. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I honestly, I, I had a bit of a, oh God, just everybody just declared war on me at once. And I was like, well, I can only take two at a time on. I had like three, four people declaring war on me. And I also, I did get some really, oh my word, Field of Glory King uh, Empires. It's hilarious. It's just, we're going to give you a potato king, the potato king. You're a bad diplomat. You're a bad military. And you sat there and you just sat there. You never wish somebody's death so much until yeah. then. So I sat there thinking every turn, just die. Just die, please. Yeah, like, give, me some, give me somebody a little bit better. And literally, I've spent probably about, 10 turn thinking can you just fall off a horse or just get killed and killed to just kill you drexy have you played field of glory empires much because i i raved about that game when i reviewed it for explominate and i i still come back to it because it is i still think it's one of the better grand strategy games i prefer it to the paradox stuff actually i think it because it's turn-based that's partly why but the other reason is because it's just a tighter game like the game mechanics are really like really lock well together and it's got this really particularly interesting economic uh the way that you develop your settlements with with trade resources and that it's all randomized so you get you you every turn you get a a bunch of picks whether you want to build a military building or an economic building uh, but the, each each one of the categories is randomized and it just makes it it's just so fascinating because every turn that you get to build a th- something you're like oh what can i get and then you it might create a new trade resource and then you'd be looking around you you know to see what trade resources that you can pull in from around you know your kind of local area and actually it'll get to the point where if you're really trying to build a very tight um you know tr- trying to build a tight trading nation or something you will, you will actually want to go to war to get the the goods that you need. It's just, and, and sorry, this was a, the, wor- the world's longest, crappiest question. <laughs> but the question was: Have you played it? And uh, you know, are you, are you interested in it at all? I am interested. I have played a tiny amount, but I, I never stuck with it. And I think it's going to be uh, my sort of uh, what I had with Shadow Empires, where I, I sort of play it and bounce off it and bounce off it. But I think once it clicks then it's going to be a game I'm definitely going to think. Maybe I should play a multiplayer game. That would force me to play it. <laughs> like, a, like what happens with me with uh, Shadow Empire, I just jumped into a multiplayer game to sort of force myself to play it, really. And now it's one of my favourite games at the moment. So. Richard, are you playing Shadow Empire much at all? You see, I'm often on it, and I agree with Drexy. Uh, and I still don't think I fully appreciate how good Shadow Empires is where from VR. Is it Vic, isn't it, for VR Designs? Yes. Um, I've got to say it's, and I've got to say this about a lot, and I do take, this is how I describe a lot of, you know, 4X or even RTS games. You've got to really put hours in to fully appreciate. And I don't think I've played enough of it to fully appreciate. I really appreciate it now, but I think it's got another level uh, of enjoyment that I'm missing out on. And I I can't remember, what's my, I don't even know what my Steam hours. I'd be interested what Steam hours on it now, but I still don't think it's enough. But like I said, um, it, it's just I have not played enough to appreciate it more. I'm actually going to just go to my Shadow Empires. I've got 27 hours on that, and I still don't think that's enough. I think that's that's rookie hours on Shadow Empires. Yeah, it's like you're you're still learning the game at that point, pretty much. Was that including the multiplayer game that we played? I think it is. Yeah, I've 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 I really not appreciated. Like I agree with what Drek said. I just need to drop into it more and just play it more. I've I've still not appreciated. And this is a big kudos to Shadow Empires. It is an absolute beast of a game. It is uh, such an in-depth but rewarding game. But get you will get destroyed and people will try and kill you in rebellion, but it is so enjoyable. And of course with the Oce- is it Oceana or I can't remember pronouncing it wrong or right. Yeah, Oceania. The, the D- Water DLC just adds another element of complexity, but of course enjoyment. I, uh, I've got 165 hours in it at the moment, and I still feel like a noob. I'm always bothering Ben about what's going on here. Why, why is this happening? Oh, I ain't got answers, man. Like it's it's one of those games where you really need to, you know. You, I used, to, I did this thing on YouTube for a bit where I'd get people to send me save files so I could kind of look at their, you know, like send me. It was like you know, send me a disaster campaign kind of thing, and. It was funny because I'd often look at it and I'd record the video and I used to try to do them quite quick, you know, because I don't want to be waffling too much. 
So I'd do like a f- the 30 minute, 40 minute video. And then I'd rewatch what I'd, re- what I'd said. And I'd look, go back at the game and I'd be like, hang on a minute. I've completely missed the real big point here. You know, like there's something else that I just missed. And it was something kind of obvious as well. So it's one of those games. It's like, it's kind of like staring at an abstract painting, right? Like the longer, <laughs> the longer you stare at it, the more you get out of it. And, you know, it's such a deep game with so many different mechanics that, uh, you know, if there's a if there's something going on, uh, you're trying to diagnose what the problem is. There can be so many different reasons for what's happening. Uh, when you're trying to create or craft a strategy to approach how to win the game, that's just like it's a big topic. It's you know, Shadow Empire to me. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Shadow Empire to me plays more like a forex than it does a classic war game, and the reason is because I mean it is a forex. It is there's no doubt about it. It's a it's a proper forex game, but it has like war game mechanics. You know, the combat's like war game you know mechanics uh but it lacks some critical stuff from that you would get in a in a you know in a classic war game and one of those is it's the set scenario so for example if you're playing a war game and you you, it's the sort of game where you you're playing a scenario it's the sort of thing where you should roughly know where you want to be at a certain point of the game um because you've played it before or because it follows a classic battle or something um whereas you don't really get that with shadow empire shadow empire creates those kind of situations you know on the fly because it's a randomly generated forex game so people people do refer to it as a war game but i think it's more of a forex and the more i see that the more i appreciate just how bloody clever it is because enable in order to get a forex game to be that complex and yet not be a complete fucking mess is really really impressive yeah i think the big thing with that is um even though it's actually based on an engine that Fix use for war games. It's it's because you start like a four X game. You know, you you started with just one city or whatever, and you're sort of exploring and exploiting rather than being thrown into like a certain situation in the middle of a war sort of thing. And sure. you got to deal with it. So I think for me at least, it's way easier to get into because you sort of grad- gradually sort of building up to the whole map sort of situation. But you start off very small. And it gives you even, even I think it's so much easier to learn that way. I wish there was more I don't know if there'd be a sort of scenario in a war game where that kind of thing happens. I'm not sure. Maybe if you start as like a I don't know if there'd be an empire in time where it started off as like a, just a small settlement or city state and sort of expanded into a whole empire. Just quickly, um, I think one of the one of one of the ways to get into war games is to play the smaller scenario. So most classic war games will they'll usually come with a big scenario and then a bunch of small ones and really the best way to get into them is just to play one of the really small battles where it's you know just six turns or 10 turns and you're using just 10 15 or 20 units that way you know and then you build up the size of them i think that's like the best way to approach them because um and you know that's kind of like what you're saying like shadow empire is great because it, it it naturally bring great you know eases you into it bits at a time you're not just thrown into a massive game where you've got you know two three hundred units to push around got a quick question just to kind of divulge the 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 uh, interview account a little bit sure um what what games are you looking forward to guys uh ben and uh, drexy what are you looking for in the next you know say six months what game is uh you know you, what's on your radar that's it what is on your radar i think the biggest one for me is uh zephon which is made by the gladius devs we were actually talking about this on the other podcast we did the other day I'm just hoping they can pull it off to the extent where it doesn't just feel like a Gladius clone. Um, I'm, glad, they, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> because with the current demos, it's kind of feeling like that. But like we've interviewed them, and I, I'm always reading their dev blogs, and they have some interesting ideas. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that they actually be able to pull this off and, yeah, like for it not to just be uh, Gladius uh, reskin. Yeah, for me, Zephon's one of them, definitely. And that's one of the reasons why I'm avoiding playing the demo. I kind of feel like they put the demo out a little bit too soon. I don't want to prejudge the game. So, um, you know, for me, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I've avoided uh, I've avoided the demo. What else is coming out that I'm really excited for? Strategy games-wise, it's, I'm not really excited about a whole lot, to be honest. And it's not because... I just think it's, I don't really know that that many games that are coming out. Because since I've been working at Stardog, I don't have as much time to kind of to do the explominate thing so i don't really you know i, I don't really want, read a lot of the news and that kind of thing and listen to the news cycle so i'm, I'm sorry i'm a kind of a bit of a crap explominate host at the moment because i'm not really doing my job properly 
Zephon is definitely one of them. I'm interested in seeing this Aura History Untold game as well. Um, you know, this kind of Civ clone that's coming out. So, sorry, that's a really bad way of putting it. It's just, it's a you know historical 4X game that's coming out by... Oh, um, it's the guys who did Oxide, isn't it? It's, is it Oxide? I think it is. Uh, that looks like it's going to be really good. So yeah, like, uh, but I, I'm just kind of, I'm keeping my mind open. Um, the thing is, I've got so many games that I like now, you know, like, and there are a lot of old games as well. So I find it difficult to dig myself out of the stuff that I like. Dominion 6 is definitely on the top of my list, I'd say, because um, I'm a massive Dominions fan. I love that game. Um, I'm Dominion 6 looks like it's going to be changing it like quite a lot for me. And so I'm really, really excited to see that. And, you know, what's coming in that, you know, in that, in that new update, I'm just kind of, I was expecting it to be out by now, to be honest. Uh, Dominions 5 came out in November, kind of around this kind of time. Um, So I I don't know why I was just sort of expecting it to come out around this kind of time. And I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that it was coming out this year. Now, I I don't know if I'm just, you know, making that up, but I'm fairly sure that the Ill Winter were hinting that it was going to be this year. So yeah, I'm hoping that's coming out. I think that's going to be my big one. I was um, definitely, uh, of course, uh, you know, <laughs> Slytherin being on my probably majority of my radar of games. Of course, another DLC announced for, uh, I know uh, Drex mentioned about Zephron. Of course, Gladius, a new DLC uh, coming out on the 30th, oh, yeah. of, uh, 30th of November. It's, I don't know how you pronounce it, the Dark Eldar. It's officially the Dark Drakari. Drakari. Curry, or however you pronounce it, it uh, I know. Uh, you know, I'm still I'm, I'm a massive Games Workshop fan, but all the alternative names they give for all the nations confuses my middle the copyright yeah. proof names. You yeah, <laughs> my copyright. Well, whatever. <laughs> Dark Eldar. Yeah, <laughs> Dark Eldar. But uh, that is another. I don't want to say classic banger because it's not. It's not kind of a cl- Dickie's classic bangers, is it? They are. Mate. They are a classic. They are an old school 40k faction. They've been around. You know. As long as forty k have pretty much, so I love the blurbs on the uh, on on the on the Steam store. It's like raid f- raid from the webway and much more. The Takara, a powerful new force to battle the Gladys supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> just, I love it, and I can't wait to just start going around on these transports, firing dark lances at people's faces. I just can't wait for it. I remember playing Dark Elder. I got killed so many times. <laughs> For me, Hooded Horse is like a really big publisher at the moment for me. So yeah, man. yeah, I'm looking at looking forward to Falling Frontiers and uh, Fragile Existence from them. Yeah, those. And I'm surprised you guys didn't mention uh, Field of Glories. Is it Empire the new uh, one? Yeah, I would. That was. <laughs> oh, it's uh, good you mentioned Hooded Horse, uh, and I will. Be, like I said, if you know, if you guys girls are out there listening to this, you know, uh, a big word up to Anthony. The I think one of the uh, publish uh, one of the PA crew uh, who emails me about games. Uh, Old World is such a fantastic game, and I think probably not, and probably in my friend circle, probably not played enough, or that, or that French, or that published developers, you know, looked at. Like I think they're still bubbling away. They've got some great titles. Uh, actually, you know I wish I had chance just to click on their Steam store. There's a few, uh, like I said, um, Old World is definitely out there. It's like a, a Civ-like game with lots of intrigue. And so it's like a cross between, the way I described cross-screen Crusader Kings, but with element, lots of elements of Civ uh, knocked in there as well. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm familiar. Like, um, that was the oh, that was Mohawk Games, Soren Johnson, and it was a company that Brad Wardell helped set up like few like years ago. And then they put they, they developed Off-World Trading Company, which is a really, really good game. It's like an RTS kind of trading game game and it's brutal as well like when i say trading game don't don't think that it's relaxing because it's not <laughs> it's, it's just as intense as any you know kind of june 2 style rts and then they yeah then they made um uh, old world which uh we like rob's a big fan of that uh i i liked it i was a beta tester on the game very briefly i think that i i can't get into it anymore i don't know why i don't know if it's something to do with it's quite dense for a 4X. It's a really good historical 4X game. And Soren Johnson's just an amazing game designer. And the team that he's got is just like really, really good. Him and Layla have made a really good job of it. But I think that, I don't know, I, I can't get back into it for some reason. I think I just need to, I think it's changed so much since I last played it. I think that's part of the issue. It's another reason why I can't get back into games like Stellaris. Every time I come to play these games, they've changed so much that I struggle to kind of, I struggle to kind of get like work my way through those early turns again. 
I was going to say, another punishing game from the publisher of uh, Hooded Horse is Xenonauts 2. Oh, my word. Yeah, that's what a, a punishing game. That's harsh. Like, do you know what? I, I, you know, I make mistakes on my war games. When I'm playing like that, where it's it's what I like about the game is when you make a mistake, it's going to be a huge mistake. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is, you're going to pay for it, and you're going to be sat there literally face palming because there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. You've got to play um, Iron Man as well. Like if you're going to play XCOM style games, you know, I mean, original XCOM like Xenonauts, you really, really want to play the Iron Man because every decision that you make on the t- on the strategic map is really important as well and so and also in the tactical game you know like if you, it can be crucial to l- even losing like you know if you lose a squad you're in big trouble especially on the higher difficulty settings so i mean i haven't played xenonauts to a huge amount at the moment but i'm very familiar with i'm familiar with the original game and i'm very familiar with xcom you know sorry ufo you know enemy unknown or xcom xcom ufo defense whatever you want to call it those games really they are best played if you play them for serious <laughs> and don't, you know, don't skate safe scum with them. And if you do that, they are like super tense games. I'm so excited to see where Xenonauts uh, 2 is going to go because I think they're, they're about finished, aren't they? I'm pretty sure it's about feature complete now. I think I think it's fully out. I think it's there. No, yeah, I think it's not game... completed yet because um, they're still, I'm pretty sure, but then it's still in early access, definitely, but they're not, they can't be far off because I'm pretty sure I saw a um, an update from them saying, yeah, let me just have a look actually, Xenonauts 2. I was going to say something on my kind of radar, kind of something uh, which is uh, bubbling away from being kind of a back catalogue game uh, in the world. Of course, from the Battlefront series, the, the Combat Mission series, uh, bringing it to Steam. Oh, yeah. And i got to say, this is probably one of the best things that company ever did, bringing, uh, getting Sliverin to do their games on Steam. Because I tell you now, the Battlefront, the, the I don't know if you're familiar with the Combat Mission I series. I am, yeah, I played them, they're really good. Uh, Drex, if you're familiar at all with them, oops, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got uh, one or two on Steam. I've got to say, and I will reiterate this to the day I die. It is probably the best thing ever because, I, I, and this is no criticism of their website and their how they do their website. I don't like it. It doesn't work for me. It's on Steam. It's on a platform. I'm, I'm, you know, everybody, and of course, I'll go yet again. Accessibility. It, you can access it easily. Yeah. The, the, when you make something less accessible, there's going to be less people doing it. And I've got to say, and I've actually just logged onto the Sliverin page and I've got Combat Mission Final Blitzkrieg on Wishlist, uh, which is really good. So we'll be hopefully fighting in the Ardennes at some point in the next few months' time, which I'm looking nice. forward to. And I think the recent one was, of course, uh, Combat Mission Fortress Italy, uh, which is bringing the conflict to the uh, Italy and Sicily and all them places. And it's just, uh, it's, you think, you think you get criticised on uh, playing bad on 4X games or Field of Glory, etc., or whichever. That's even worse. There's even the people even more nitpicky on that game where I've had people timestamp points on game where I've lost or not done <laughs> something so correct. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love the criticism. Don't get me wrong. Just criticise all day. But it's uh, all I can say to this one person is if you do it better, please show me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing because you you end up getting especially with games like combat mission which are you know i think they're about as realistic as you can probably get for a turn-based military game I, i'd say on the you know on the squad level like combat mission feels to me like it like i can imagine that being real okay <laughs> for whatever that's worth but like it feels you know everything's timed you know uh, it's it's really meticulously modeled they are incredibly good games i'm not very good at them and the times that I've played them on my channel, you're, you're dead right. You get like proper military backseat drivers who are really like a lot of them are going to be ex-army and they, you know, they play these games like, you know, religiously and they're like, all oh, right, here's what you need to do. But like I can follow their advice and still suck because <laughs> it's the games are difficult, man. They are. You really have to use proper military tactics in order to get any of them. I've been playing that game for years, Ben. I tell you now, I've been playing it for years. I really enjoy it and I real I really enjoy the difficulty of it. But even now, I make full hardy mistakes, and the pro- and it's still rewarding though. And I don't, and I, I kind of sometimes I, I enjoy playing it, and I'll always have fun with it. But I'll never be a massive expert. But it's really, it's it's just the the difficulty. Just every game you play, 
something different will happen where you go, wow, that was ridiculous. Oh, that, that guy just got rifle grenaded like from a mile away or, or the, I mean, uh, uh, this is uh, going back a couple of years on the close combat series <laughs> where for some reason, the AI mortars are heat seeking. They can, it doesn't matter where you are on the map, their mortar will hit your anti-tank gun, take it out after one round, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, that level of audacity. Well, I remember that's... the combat mission. Uh, so I remember the close combat games. I, I came across them really early in my PC gaming career, in like in early 2000s, I think. And I was starting to get into kind of more military games. And my, I think my brother, yeah, it would have been about the time that my brother joined the army because <laughs> my brother's my brother's ex-military. And um, he so he was like playing loads of military games. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we were playing those combat mission games. It might have been Cross of Iron. Or, um, oh, Battle that's of, that's that's one of my favourites. Battle, like, Battle of the Bulge. I can't remember which one it was now, but they they were really good games, man. Like superb. So you again, you had to use proper military tactics in order to get anywhere with them. But they're old games now, and I think um, it's interesting. I think there was a three D version made recently, wasn't there? Close Combat. A few. It years. was Close Combat, the bloody first. That was I re- I really like it. I really like the bloody first game, and it's the. I think sometimes I think it's hard for. Uh, developers that when do you take the next stage to go to like a 3d model or at least changing it from the bird's eye view or i mean of course this is this is actually quite relevant right now with um um oh god armored brigade that's the one yes yes you got it that they're changing their way a little bit going from the is it isometric view is that what it's called it was top down what is it is top down yeah it's top down i actually played that the original I think there is a part of it where you can look at an isometric view of the map or something. You look at a slightly 3D model of it. Yeah, I, really. yeah, I think so. You could see elevation and stuff like that, yeah. But I think the main games actually played top-down. But yeah, I think, um, is it when in the, the when you're setting up phase maybe? I can't remember. But yeah. I think it hard, like just going back to the close combat, I think it is hard. When do they take the push? And like I said, do you, is it is it going to be a good thing? I love it. It's got the essence of clo- uh, close combat for me. It's got the essence still. But I, I think really, I think, and this is uh, probably a big thing, if they would have kept the same promise uh, and just kept the the upgrade of the graphics a little bit, make, make, make them HD. But there's there's reasons behind it that we may never know, but it's still a, still an enjoyable game. And just honestly, if that's that's the main thing. Do you enjoy it? I think part of the reason is because I think modern modern audiences in inverted commas they they want upgraded stuff and they feel that if you know if you're going to redo a game you've got I think they they expect you to put you know a developer to put some effort into kind of like moving things forwards. What I like about close combat is those I like those old graphics and the old the old style and I think a lot of people push back against um, the bloody first because of the 3D. Like I'll be honest with you and I mean this with no disrespect. I think Armored Brigade is a bloody amazing game. Uh, the fact that you get the, the you get these big maps and you can take a cross you can take a slice of these maps and turn them into a mission with the it's just an amazing sandbox military game right um i don't really understand why they need to make that 3d i thought that the whole the the fact that it was a 2d game was just brilliant and there's loads and loads of th- we've got loads of 3d games on that kind of level you know there's kind of combat mission uh, there's broken arrow now you know, there's there's a there's thing there's stuff that's kind of like it, like war game. You know, there's kind of uh, regiments. There's there's loads of these kind of like RTS ish sort of games. Um, so I'm I'm a bit like maybe I'm just being a bit of a stick in the mud. You know, like the guys who kind of shit on <laughs> on the new combat mission. Uh, sorry, on the the new close combat game. But it's a bit like I kind of liked what they were doing with Armored Brigade. I, I, maybe if they'd have made just more content for that rather than you know upgrading the engine but what do you think do you think that's do you think it's going to be a better game because it's 3d i think like you said it 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 could i don't know it's a difficult one until you play it i'm i i I, the initial feel of the little uh, video we got of it was like yeah that's that's going to be good but like i said i think it's going to be proof in the pudding when we play it or get any hands on any any game footage but i think like you said like you said just a couple minutes ago, is it to show people the game is developing some way, or you're, you're, you're that's that's where your money is going for the game? Is that fact is we're going to introduce a 3D engine? Is that? But is this a generational thing for gamers though? Would you say more hardcore? You know, probably you know, people between the 30s and 50s go, well, I'd be happy if it stayed there, but you got probably the younger generation of 20 below going, or you know, 30 below going. Oh, I was, I was, uh, it's nice they're changing it up a little bit. But like I said, you know, 
is it kind of hitting on a topic that I like? I have to be a bit careful with what I say because I, I end up pissing people off. <laughs> but I'm of an old like Drexy's probably the same as me and you, Richard, as well, no doubt. Right? We're all we're all getting on a bit, <clears throat> and we come from an era when games weren't, you know, uh, they didn't have like all the UI quirks that we've got now, all the UI things like user interface, user experience. People didn't even bloody use those terms. <laughs> I don't think in those days. Like the first games that I played were just, you know, on the ZX Spectrum or in the Atari ST was stuff on the Atari ST that had, those had user interfaces, but like the early games that I played, you just had to figure them out and they were crap. <laughs> so I just, I really struggled to kind of understand this constant need to make everything easier. I really don't like it in gaming. And, you know, I, I kind of, I'm get you know, I, I do think that games in general are being, are kind of getting dumbed down a little bit. However, and that being said, people who are willing to play those old war games with, you know, I mean, look, if you play the John Tiller games, even the, you know, with War Games Design Studio really brushing them up, the user interfaces are still really old. They look better now, but they are still basically the same. And I can guarantee that nine times, nine out of 10 people that I show that game to are going to go, uh, don't like the UI. And they're missing some of the best games that have ever been made. And, you know, but that is unfortunately the way that the world is going. So we've got, we've got to kind of move forwards. Otherwise the people who are willing to play those games are going to dwindle out and die over the next 20 years <laughs> because most of them are in their, you know, most of us are in our forties, fifties and sixties who are playing these old games anyway. And I think that if you don't move things forwards, then yeah, I, I think a lot of people are just, you know, you're always like with music, you know, you're always going to get people who are interested in digging into the past and they'll get into, you know, old games with old user interfaces and having to use DOS box and all this kind of stuff. But for the most part, most people aren't. So I see arguments for both sides of it, basically. Well, I bought War in the Pacific the other day and my brain melted when I loaded up oh, that God, game. <laughs> I, I didn't dare buy that one yet. <laughs> I, feel, I feel sorry for you. I look at that game and I'm a, a, a good friend of XCRG uh, and I talk to him quite a lot and he plays that and he, sh- he talks to me about, he shows me clip it and I'm going, you, you could be speaking Japanese to me right now because I don't understand a single word you're yeah. saying. I want to play that. It looks amazing. And there's, it always goes on sale. And like, I, I took a real risk with war in the East, you know, the original, um, I, I think I bought, I bought it on sale and even on sale, it was like 30 quid or something. So, you know, it was, it was, I felt it was an investment, but I got my money's worth out of war in the East. That's an amazing game that is. And I know that it will be the same with uh, war in the Pacific admirals edition. The problem is I just don't think I've got time. Like Daz Tactic and Eric uh, Tortuga Power, they kind of put me off it because they were talking about it and they were like, oh yeah, you know, the first turn takes like 10 hours to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the kind of thing that sort of melted in my brain when I started exactly. reading into it. It's like, yeah, you've got to spend eight hours to set up your first turn. Yeah, but that's the important bit because that's where you make your strategy and, you know, and then you have to play it out after that. So it's a real time investment and a real, you know, it's an intellect trap in a way, like, cause you're going to be spending a lot of your time, you know, figuring it out like even the Tiller war games that I play, right. I'm like, I was saying to you, this multiplayer game I'm playing, it's the best thing I've ever played, man. Like every single turn you're like, Oh shit. Where did those go? Where did those um, Soviet units come from? They're going to cut me off. Right. I need to react to this. So like in the South of the map, you've got to start pulling your troops back and you're like, right, but I can't just, this is not a route. I've got a fighting retreat. So I'm going to set these guys up here. Uh, I've got some, another unit that's going to repl- you know, that's going to come in and relieve the ones who are, you know, who've taken damage. They're going to set up a line. Oh no, I can't do it there because if I do it there, then uh, they're, they're, and I lose the town above me, then they're going to encircle me. So it's just the most, like, if you can get into it, it's the best thing ever. And I'm like, I'm more in the Pacific, mate. Like, the Pacific War, with all the logistical stuff that was in it, I imagine that if it's modeled right, which I'm sure it is, that must be an amazing game to get into if you can get into it. But that's one of the war, like, in, in the UK, we don't really learn about the American theatre, you know, the, the Pacific War. I don't know shit about it. I don't know anything about the American and Japan, you know, the Japanese uh, end of the war or, you know, between Japan, Japan and China and all that stuff. I just, apart from, you know, the sort of famous stuff, which is probably not suitable for a, a podcast, <laughs> like I, I don't know anything about it. So it's like I, the war in the Pacific kind of like it baffles, it, it scares me a little bit, but I kind of know that I would like to get into it. Yeah, I think I didn't really know anything about it until uh, you remember the show uh, Band of Brothers, like a mini series. Yeah, yeah, I heard because, that. Uh, they did uh, uh, after that. They did one that was based in the Pacific, and yeah, it's, I couldn't 
couldn't believe it. And like, yeah, we don't, over here, we don't learn anything about that at all. I guess it's the same. You do get this weird thing where I've, I've noticed like the Civil War is, games are really big with Americans and sure. also Pacific. And it, it's the kind of things we we don't really know about. <laughs> well, we don't want to know about the Civil War because like, it, was, it was too close to the war that we lost with them. Well, there's actually, there's, <laughs> oh, really what's that know. game? That, oh, that Civil War game. They've just released the beta version of the war against Britain, um, the War of Independence. Oh, oh right. I can't remember. Is it Grand Tactician, is it? You know, they do uh, the Gettysburg game and then the whole Civil War game. Yes, I know. Ultimate General, is it? Yeah, and now they've got one, uh, basically the war against the British uh, for independence. It's just came out in uh, beta. You can only get on their site. But that actually looks really interesting as well. That is quite interesting. It's like, depending on what uh, educational system you're in, what are you interested in? But I, I, I agree doing, the, like I said, doing war games on YouTube and doing war gaming content. You do find different videos pulling different people. Uh, you know, and that, that's, I've got to say, that is probably with you, Ben, as well. That is the most inter- one of the interesting things about it. Doing this, uh, you know, uh, war gaming online, you just, you get such a wide variety of people you're talking to like like just hide as well you know talk to simon you know meeting you online like the, the amount of connections and people i've spoke to around the world that you know if i didn't play war games i would never know war gaming community is amazing as well like it's like um you know the forex community are really really cool as well but they they are really <laughs> let's say stuck in their ways and really finicky and you know it's really hard to please them with with anything and we can't agree on anything at all there's like it's just really it's a really mad community i love it but it's like crazy whereas a war war gaming community is incredibly accepting and really very you know just helpful like the guy that i'm playing this uh john tiller game with at the moment the turns are really slow because uh they're you know even like they take me just the playback of the turn resolution watching the you know watching what my opponent has been doing and because it's an old game it takes a long time but it's like 30 minutes so one whole episode of my of my turn like a 30 minute uh, episode is just the playback and then the rest of the turn it takes me like an hour to an hour and a half for each turn so the turns are really slow like um and he's just super he's just like oh, i don't mind you know i don't mind if you take your time and i just love that like it like if you got that if you were playing another genre of game people would start getting pissed off with you Whereas I, I think war gamers are just, they want to think about it and they want to enjoy it. And it kind of doesn't matter if you finish it even really. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to finish it, but it doesn't really matter if you finish it because every single turn that you're playing is just really, really exciting and interesting. Oh, definitely. I agree. That, but that is why war game, because you, you're in a room with, oh, well, well you, you're talking to people across the world or playing people who actually just want to play a game, have one, win or lose. Uh, and I think that that resonates into my tabletop kind of thing as well. It's like tomorrow, it's just going to be nice to play with a bunch of guys, throw a couple of dice, riz each other up a little bit, uh, see who wins or losers, and we all have a good time doing what we want to do, playing what we want to do when we want to play it. Yeah, that's quality, man. Like, I think it's one of the nice things about being able to play these games online as well is that it does. If you're like me and you don't, you live somewhere where there aren't really anybody who play like tabletop games. Like, it's really like I was trying to find people to play BattleTech up here with, and there's just nobody. <laughs> there's just there's absolutely no one. So. I think, you know, being able to play these games online with other people, you you start, you know, really, really finding a, a community. It's like, you know, one of the reasons why we like Explominate, because even though I've probably just slagged off half of the half of the community with what I just said, they are a great community, right? And it's really nice to be able to talk about people, you know, about like-minded topics, even if we do disagree on a lot of stuff. I would actually like to pose a question to you both, actually. Um, I've noticed with uh, war games that played by email is extremely popular compared to forex uh, games where people tend not to play multiplayer. Do you think this is because playing against the AI is, or yes, I'm, I'm thinking the AI is AI. can't handle these games as well as a human being, so it kind of forces people to play play by emails games yes. rather than solo. I, th- I think that's the answer because um, I would have been quite happy playing the Tiller games, which I really like. But the problem is the AI is not that good on them. It's not bad; like it will put up a bit well, of a. Fight. I heard it's kind of it's just a script, isn't it? And it's, it's sort usually of just, just a script. script. And, yeah. then, and then not so if you do something like you know if you play like what Richard says that he 
when he plays Field of Glory, he likes to play a little bit wild occasionally, you know, kind of go off script, you know, and do stuff that probably you wouldn't, you know, the real generals wouldn't have done. If you start doing that in a in the Tiller games, for example, the the AI doesn't really react very well. It will it's usually programmed to be able to defend itself and you know it'll shoot back at you. But if if you start doing weird stuff, it's just gonna kind of continue with its script and not really react. That's part of the reason. I think the other reason is just the the you know the social thing as well. I was going to say, I'd, yes, as well. I agree. Play by email games are playing against a human player who has human thoughts and human reactions is so much better than playing a computer. And like I said, probably a lot of the games I play, and also just the play by in the the play by email concept itself is amazing because, of course, we're all busy people. We've all got busy lives. You know, not just our online games, but in our, in real life relationships, what we've got to go in the background. It's more. It's what do you call it? It's it's less time consuming. Well, I know it is. It is and it isn't. But you can play it at any time against anybody in the world. And then you, you, you like because today I could be. I've got a few people playing in Australia, so I'll play my turns. And in the morning they'll pop their turns, etc. Like that. So I've got to say that's. Uh, I, I would definitely agree with that, and definitely enjoyable play by email. Yeah, I kind of got a similar situation uh, in both of the uh, Shadow Empire games I've got. And currently in one of them, one of the guys is on the business chip and he's bought his laptop with him to do turns, but obviously he can't do them as fast as he does at home. But it's just kind of cool that these games can just, you know, you can just do your t- turn on a laptop while I was out on a business trip. <laughs> yeah, that's quality, man. Like, can, you, can we hold this meeting? I've got, I've got to invade Poland today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I kind of wish that we... <laughs> That damn Simon, he put a time limit on our Field of Glory Empires game, and I'm going on holiday soon, <laughs> so I don't think we can pause it. That's the only like I mu- I don't like time limits on these games because I fi- I feel that I get stressed out. It's one of the reasons why I don't like playing Dominion's multiplayer that much anymore because you're kind of expected to make a turn every day, and you know if you commit to a game, it's really disrespectful to kind of just not finish it or to keep people waiting and that actually puts me off playing because i need to take my time with these things and some days i just don't want to play games do you know what i mean like i've just got i just can't be fucked with it so that's why i prefer to, uh you know to i prefer to have my you know my own time to make um, to make the game the problem is that a lot of the opponents really want the game to move quickly you're quite lucky if you find someone who's dead chilled out like that's why i'm lucky with this guy i'm playing the john tiller game with because he's just he's quite chilled uh, he's, he doesn't seem to be too concerned that, you know, if a turn takes like 10 days to come in. Uh, I've had uh, the opposite, actually. I think most people know once you get to a certain point in these games, especially I'm talking from my, my experience in Dominions, that once you get to sort of like a later game stage that, yeah, you can't do your turn in 24 hours. People are fine to extend it to 48 hours to 72 hours sometimes because, yeah, I mean, one – do setting up your scripting for your armies and dominions in late game. <laughs> I might I might save it and come back to it multiple times within a couple of days sort of thing. So I think as long as you play with people who are understanding that's the thing, isn't it's it? It's, it's having a good it's having a cool community and you know having a you know meeting people who are in the kind of same same kind of mindset as you like if you if you want to play a game that's fast-paced you know find a group who like playing fast-paced games there's loads of games that i really want to play like multiplayer because like what we were saying like richard was saying multiplayer games are just so fun it's just you have to they are a commitment and you can't like you know with a single player game you can abandon it at any point and the only person you're letting down is yourself the computer the computer's not going to be upset with you but if you you know if you abandon a multiplayer game it's actually quite a big thing and you're 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 wasting people's time so i think that you know, there's always those. There is always that consideration that you've got to kind of take into account. You've got to be, you know, you've got to be committed. Like there's, for example, there's a game, there's a forex game that I really want to play with other people called Emperor of the Fading Suns. It's quite an old game, but it's it's just had an update over the last sort of year or so. Uh, Holistic Designs, I think they're called. The developer, he uh, he came back and like after thirty years or something, you know, twenty five years, and actually made an update to his game which is absolutely amazing and uh, fixed a load of the bugs and made it like better for modding because he knows that people love to mod it. And I really want to play that, but it's a long game and it's like, you know, you have five players. So it's not only a long game, but it's a long five player game, which means you could, you know, depending on how quickly people play, you could still be playing that game in like a year or two years, kind of like the Shadow Empire game that I'm in. <laughs> hey, Richard, do you remember that Shadow Empire game that I played with you multiplayer? 
Is it the still one? Is, yeah, is it still going? It's still going, yeah. <laughs> back, in, back in 1995, we started a game. <laughs> I don't know, like it's, it's quite slow, but we've kind of hit that point. I think that game was started in Shadow Empire version, like, well, it was before. It was like a year before Oceania came out. So I don't who's going to win? Was... Who's going to win? That's the question. Is who do you think? It's, it's, it's a Mexican standoff at the moment. There's um, there's the three of us. So there's yeah Simon who we're talking about, and then uh, my my other friend Kale Immortalis. And this we're, we're fa- like you got knocked out. So there's the three of us facing each other. I think I think probably Simon's going to win. I think Hyde's going to win because he's got more territory basically, and he's he said he's going to. Uh, what's going to happen is I think with. Uh, Kale and I are going to go in, in, into a war, which we're about to do, but it's just taken ages to be ready for it. Both of us, but we've just not been ready. Um, and then I think we're going to fight. And then I think we, I think what's going to happen is Hyde's going to try and mop us up. So uh, yeah, that, that's basically the way that it's going to go down. But it's just a really slow paced game, unfortunately. Uh, we should probably start wrapping up, guys. It's just like Hannibal at the gates currently in our Empire's game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Hey Richard, thanks for coming in uh, doing an interview with us, mate. It's always great to talk to you. It's always really high energy, and uh, thanks, thanks, Drexy as well. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thank you very much. You know, it's always good to come back, and like I said, uh, it's just nice to play games and, and talk about games and, and and create and and have that buzz about games. That's all right. This is what Daz Tactical is like. He always says he's like he really likes the um, the community that we've got because everyone's really passionate about games. And I'm talking about you know the people who watch our videos and the people who listen to the podcast and you know who just kind of get involved in all the discussion groups as well. And one of the reasons why we always argue over stuff in the forex community is because everybody's super passionate about it. And I think when you find a topic that you're passionate about, then you know you your people are going to bound to get opinionated and things, and we're going to have disagreements. But it's great because we can we're all hashing out what we think you know is the perfect game. We're starting to get closer to it, even if we're only inching forwards. So it's really cool to have these conversations, man. Especially to you know because we don't we we don't talk about war games a lot at Explorminate. We're not really a war gaming community but war games are so close to forex in terms of the kinds of people who play them that i think that it's, it's good to you know to to kind of cross contaminate the fans group a little bit i think for me because forex is starting to get a bit stale really for me and war games have started to open up to me as that yeah i can play another strategy type game and there's just so much of it. <laughs> it's like an it's like an open ocean for me at the moment. I'm kind of a bit lost lost in there. I am as well. <laughs> I'm figuring my way through it. But it's good to, you know, not be stuck to one genre as well, really, which I have been for probably the last ten years. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we'll have some time. <laughs> yeah, right. Um yeah, let's we'll wrap up anyway, guys. Um Richard, as I'll say again, thanks for joining us, mate. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You'll have to come back on sometime. Anytime, just invite me back. Yes, mate. And uh, Drexy, thanks for coming on and chatting some games with us, mate. Yeah, I just hope I didn't sound too stupid. <laughs> Being a baby grognard. <laughs> no, but I, did, I thought that it was interesting, like, because you've been saying to me, how do I get into war games? You know, you, you kind of try, you know, trying to get in. And I know Rich has been playing for a long time. So I think sometimes it's it's good to it's good just to hear different perspectives, isn't it? And hopefully this podcast will be interesting to people, you know, to the Forex community. If some of them are kind of interested by war games, like the idea of it, but they seem a bit intimidating, you know, maybe you can like, well, look, just listen to the state of Richard. <laughs> he doesn't sound like a dry, stuffy, boring old historian guy, does he? You know what I mean? So- no, I, I'm here to riz you all the time. Riz you. <laughs> upset you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. And uh, yeah, we're going to end this one. So Catch you all next time. Keep exploring. Take care.